Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we have One Night Alone, the after show. It ain't over. We have it. So it's not over. (laughs) It's never over if you choose to listen to this. That's how CDs and albums work. You can play them again. Yeah. And again. And again. Yes, that was the chant That's of right. the One Night Alone after show series was, yes. it ain't over. Mm-hmm. Over, I guess yeah. it is properly spelled, although I think of it as <laughs> it O-V-A. Ain't over. Yeah. 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 It's very uh, stylized in its right. spokenness. It's close. Enunciation. Right. <laughs> if it was O-V-A, it'd be close to like a prince scream. Ow. Oh, Except it'd be Ova. <laughs> Which is something different entirely. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so yet another album cobbled together from different after show performances to give you like a representative sample of what an after show during this time period would be like. And Prince's first after show live recording yes. released. Yes. Why this isn't disc three of One Night Alone Live, I don't quite know. Why you make a box set with discs one and two of a concert and then a separate jewel case for the after show, I'm not quite sure why you wouldn't just make them all, put them together. Maybe it was to be able to sell just the after show at concerts or something in the future. Which they never did. Maybe there were plans. Yeah, well, there were plenty of plans that didn't end up happening. Well, sure, all the time. But this, you get this nice box set. It's got a double jewel case for the concert. Mm -hmm. And then this is like a redheaded stepchild, (laughs) to quote Tamar Davis Uh and Prince. And it is very red in its packaging. Yes. And it's real simple. Yeah, you just have a single fold booklet with some photos. Booklet. And a list of, okay, sheet of paper folded in half. Uh huh. Printed on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, what, some credits on the, or, yeah, on the back cover? There yes. are credits. There are credits of familiar cast Candy Dulfer, Greg Boyer, Maceo Parker, Renato Neto, Rhonda Smith, John Blackwell, Larry Graham is also here. Prince is listed as whatever. Yeah. Well, he, I think he hopped from what well, we saw from different guitars to right. piano, that type of thing, vocals. Right. Yeah. It was whatever. It whatever, was whatever he needed doing. I'll do it. Prince did it. Which and is, there are pictures of him on the cover playing yeah. a guitar and on the back cover and the CD on a keyboard. It's good. It's fine. It's simple. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. It just seemed like... Why isn't this part of the other set? It seems like the big booklet that went along with this that we talked about two episodes ago is all-encompassing of right. live disc one, two, and the after show. Right. But the after show is just segregated. I kind of think that that's why it was maybe thought that he would sell these things separately. So if you bought the box set, you got this big, beautiful book that talked about all three Of these albums. And if you didn't get the box set, you could get just the after show or just the live show. concert. Yeah. That's a good theory. That's that's my theory. And that it didn't happen isn't really all that shocking. All right. Well, it's happening now uh, because the estate and Sony are re-releasing this 
Yeah. Yes, they are. But can you? You're looking at me like, uh, what are you? What, did you hear something you're that I did? Looking didn't? at me like ro- I roll before uh, like, I. Well, but you can't still can't buy this alone. You can't buy it alone. But now it's all being repackaged together, and yes. that is coming out. Uh, well, it will have already come out by the time you're hearing this podcast. Right, end of May. Oh, speaking of which, we have a podcast, <laughs> and you can find us places. <laughs> that wasn't what I was going to say, but oh, I'll go ahead and say that. Do it. <laughs> You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. Or you can send us an email, tmatspodcast at gmail.com. Actually, what I was going to say is when you hear this, if you download and listen on release day, we have something very special to say. Happy birthday, Prince. Oh, is our release day is June 7th? Yes, it is. Didn't even know that. (laughs) Again, destroying the magic. <laughs> this is recorded weeks earlier. Yeah, well, yes, because we should. I have to have right. time to edit That's it. That's right. I make all <laughs> kinds of mistakes that have to be fixed, and Christy does that, and it takes weeks. It's more about putting the clips in, but I do try and take out some ums because we say a lot of ums, both of us. Yep. It would have been really f- better had this album been named One Night um, Alone. <laughs> But we can't catch a break. Uh, uh, no. All right. So shall we get into the music? Or do we have more to talk about? I don't know. I'm it's looking. been a good like seven minutes or so. No, so it's kind of early for us to don't, start. Don't do that because there was like two minutes of silence here. <laughs> don't call out the... Uh, this is the first audio only official release of an after show. Okay. So the sacrifice of Victor was kind of oh, an yeah, after true. show experience that was an official release, but it was a video. It wasn't audio only. Yeah, and it wasn't something that the average person would come across. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> that's very true. To this day. Exactly. And it's considered the second official live album by Prince, even that's though the I'm only like, place you could buy it does was Doesn't make any part. sense. The only way to get the anyway. second album is to buy the first one in its entirety. And that's still it's true. It's one set. It is disc one, two, and three. That's how I have it organized in my music library. Prove me wrong or try to fix it. I have fixed it. I've made it right. Okay. Because like when I listen to yeah. this, I want to hear the concert and then the after show in that order. And I don't want to have to be clicking between discs and, or telling Siri to do something for me that she'll inevitably screw up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry. This is One Night Alone Live Disc 3, the after show. <laughs> it ain't over. That's right. <laughs> up all night with Prince and the NPG. That's right. Now we can get into the music. Okay. So as we said, this is treated very much like the first two discs of this three-disc set that we'll call it, being put together mm, primarily from the month of April of 2002, a number of different after-show performances from many different cities around the U.S. All in the U.S., though. Yes. I believe it was three different shows. All right. I don't remember how many there were, but I do have notes on each. I, so I, we can count as we go. <laughs> I didn't go. summarize the different <laughs> cities. Can you summarize a whole city? Oh, I didn't summarize <laughs> the cities in which were performed and used for this recording. Yeah, you can't summarize a city. 
You can summarize the performances from the cities. <laughs> okay. Oh my did, god. That's not what you said. Oh my god. <laughs> there is frustration and repetition. <laughs> if I may rewrite song one. <laughs> uh track one. Joy and repetition. I do want to say up front this was a good representation of what an after show was like, having attended uh one with uh Christy. And having heard many, many, many more, very free-flowing, not choreographed, play what you want. You had to wait a while before it got started. Yeah, do not even bother looking at the ticket except to know when you can get in and start waiting Mm -hmm. because it'll be a long time. Two, three, four, five hour wait. As Prince kindly acknowledges... When this album kicks off with a some guitar, yep, and the crowd, mm-hmm. and Prince posing the question, <laughs> been waiting a while. How long you been waiting? <laughs> how long you been waiting? And you I can hear. I, I can... tried. I tried listening to what are they saying when he says, "How long you been waiting?" And I heard a long, long time. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he, I'm sure he cares. Is it a priority for him? No. But he does make a point of saying very cutely. I hope I can make it up to you. Yeah, well, I hope I can make it up to you. It's very, very nice. Mm -hmm. Please do. Yeah. Well, I hope I can make it up to you. Does he? Yep. Yes. Uh, So this is from, what, April 10th, 2002 in New York at a club called The World. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, this was the only performance that he ever did at this now defunct club. I knew it was defunct. I did not realize that was his only visit there. It was there. the only time that he was at the world. Oh. I hope this performance didn't shut it down. I'll post some information about the world. I can't <laughs> yeah. remember when I closed. He, he did shut it down, though. Mm-hmm. Well, that night, at least. Or that morning, April yeah. 10th of 2002. Yes, AM. Yes. Join Repetition was not a song that he played in concert very often. He did include it in after shows a lot. Hmm. And it is a, it's a relatively older song in his catalog, I would say, too. But a definitely a fan favorite. Yeah, Graffiti Bridge. So like, Yeah, but recorded in like yeah. 86, 87, that type of thing. Right. And went through, it was included on many different albums before it finally actually made the cut, yeah. so to speak. In the configuration for Crystal Ball before it became Sign of the Times. And, that is right. Yep. And with different beginnings, with a, you know, a true drum beat start, and mm-hmm. then uh, in its released form, it's kind of butchered at the beginning, which oh. we'll get to when we look at Graffiti Bridge. Speaking of butchering, <laughs> um, a lot of people unhappy with uh, how the transition is from the track before to this track on oh. the studio version. So. Yeah. Ooh, a little preview of what's to come at some point in the future. But we do get most of the lyrics to the song, which is also a rarity in an after-show environment, which Prince proves as this album progresses. (laughs) It is not about singing full songs for your enjoyment. It is about uh, the band loosening up Mm -hmm. or cooling down after a concert. Like exercise and then the cool down. Yeah. This was as he started, you know, embracing the lack of curse words mm-hmm. also. And he made a nice little lyric change to make note of that. Yep. 
four-letter words will not be heard, not on this stage tonight. Right. Instead of the studio version, where the lyrics are, four-letter words are seldom heard with such dignity and bite. Mm-hmm. Four-letter words will not be heard, not upon this stage tonight. As he describes the nightclub that this fictional character is walking into. Right. Love the line in the song that says, live music from a band plays a a song called Soul Psychedelicide, Uh which is an unreleased song by Prince. Many different versions of Soul Psychedelicide exist, and it just gets a name check in Joy and Repetition. Live music from a band plays a song called Soul Psychedelicide. And he loves that the crowd knows it. Yes, so much so that he repeats it. Yes. Right? Like at uh, 1 minute and 43 seconds, he says the line, sings the line, and says, no, wait a minute, and then sings the verse again and lets the crowd sing the name of the song. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. Live music kicking from the band, they sing it. I think he definitely appreciates that. Yeah. Soul Psychedelicide. We'll cover it at some point. We okay. have not yet. It <laughs> no. dates back. There are many versions of it, um, one of which dates back to a 1986 rehearsal for the parade tour by okay. Prince and the Revolution. Then another version that is more of like a Prince alone Version. Okay. Control as you bring you the new power soul. And then, because we have George Clinton on the stage soon here, there's also a version of Soul Psychedelicide that he recorded with George Clinton. None of which got released. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. So I'd like to give a big shout out to Darling Nisi. Okay. Because this past week before we're recording, so a few weeks ago, she was listening to the Chambers Brothers and heard a little something and then posted about it on Twitter. Okay. That in the song, The Time Has Come Today by the Chambers Brothers from 1967, uh-huh. it has a lyric line, and my soul has been psychedelicized. Oh. I've been So, Maybe that is where Prince found the inspiration I for would, the name of the song. I would imagine so. It's It was not a lyric that I probably would have picked up mm-hmm. until she pointed it out, mm-hmm. but it was a song that I didn't even realize they'd heard. I went back oh. and listened to it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard this song. Oh, I wonder if I have. I'll I'm have to sure, listen to it to I'm see. I'm certain you have. Okay. All right. Not so, lately. No. There was a song called The Grass is Greener. By the Wall of Voodoo's from 1987, and it also references this song, okay. Soul Psychedelicide, My Soul Has Been Psychedelicide, along with a whole bunch of other 
uh, popular culture references. Okay. So it was kind of interesting. I think the Chambers Brothers song is much better than Wall of Voodoo's song. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there, but it's there. And if you, I'll sure I'll post about it. But oh, very cool. I'll also mention, I did not know any of those things. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll also mention that I had forgotten that the studio, one of the studio versions of Soul Psychedelicide uses the guitar line that you hear in Raven to the Joy Fantastic and also in The Max, which we covered on the Symbol album. Mm-hmm. It's used throughout that song too. So, very cool. Yeah. And the version that was recorded with George Clinton uses drums from Chlorine Bacon Skin mm-hmm. or Tricky that was recorded by Prince and Morris Day oh. way back in okay. the day. Yeah. So this we could keep going down this rabbit hole, but we probably should uh, come up for air. <laughs> <laughs> I think my O2 tank is flashing at me. <laughs> I'd love that everybody gets a little shout out. Yeah, very clever way to intro the band. Maceo. I want to hear Maceo Parker play. Joy and repetition. Candy. You're about to hear Candy Dover play. Joy and repetition. Larry. You're about to hear Larry Graham play. And then, of course, Prince. About to hear Prince play. Joy and repetition. Turn it up, John. I wonder what John Blackwell felt back there. Back there. Black there. (laughs) (laughs) Wonder what he felt like. He he was the only one that didn't get a shot out, it seemed like. Renato also, I guess, didn't get a shot out here because. They were playing in it also. You about to hear Renato play Joy and Repetition. You about to hear John Black you've been hearing John Blackwell play in Joy and Repetition. <laughs> well, maybe he shouted out those people more during the show prior to this, like the official show prior to this, and was trying to make that sure could be. that it, who knows? I don't that know. That could be. He we also get a Turn it up before he gets. He takes his first of many guitar solos mm-hmm. during this ten plus minute rendition here. Turn it up, John. He pulls off some really fast lyrics really, really well live, especially considering that this is in the early morning. He's already played a full mm-hmm. concert. Yep. And now here he is at an after show and he doesn't trip over the lyrics at all. Yeah, he either knows them or has them, you know, there for reference. Was this a woman he had never noticed before? He lost himself in the articulated manner which he said that. And there are a lot of, this is a mouthful of a song too. I think it's like uh, as close to Alanis Morissette as Prince would get in his (laughs) career as far as uh, cramming a lot of uh, words into a song. And this is very much a story song Mm -hmm. also. Yeah. There's this mystery. So, you know, you hear the song Joy and Repetition and you're like, well, what does that mean? Is it, it's a Prince song. So maybe it means something sexual. That would maybe be your first thought. And then you hear him say, 
up on the mic repeating two words over and over again and the way he sings over and over again and there's an echo on it it's like he's playing with his own echo up on the mic repeating two words over and over again and he doesn't say what the words are but tells you these two words a little bit behind the beat I mean just enough to turn you on mm-hmm. <laughs> these two words a little bit behind the beat just enough to turn you on. And you're like, well, what could this person be saying that would be a little behind the beat and turn me on? <laughs> I'm so intrigued. <laughs> well, we can talk about theories of that. Right. When we talk about the song proper. Right. But he does spoil it for you. If you don't want to know, then fast forward 10 seconds or so. But at the 7 minute and 17 second mark... We finally found out the mystery of the two words, especially if you had not heard join repetition before. Prince explained, she said, love me. She said, love me. Two words, say it now. What'd you say, baby? Said one more time. And it's those two words, you know, that she repeats to this onlooker mm. that Prince is singing about. I think it's a very creative song. Very cool story. Yeah. I've always liked it. Yeah. All right. And then we move on to another one from the world in NYC in the early morning of April 10th, 2002. We Do This. It's a renamed cover of I Do Do This by George Clinton and his granddaughter, Sativa. This was released prior to the official release of Sativa's album Jersey Girl in 2003 that included the song. Right. I went looking for that and I couldn't find it. I could not. I spent way more time than I should have yeah. looking um, for that and could not find it. Yeah. So I don't, I, mean, I assume that's out of print and not streaming. Probably wasn't super popular. So isn't. <laughs> You know. Okay, so do you think around? Sativa's name is her given name, or is that her stage name? Ah, <sighs> she does have George Clinton as a father, who would be partially responsible for naming her. A so, grandfather. A grandfather. Sorry, um, who would maybe have a hand in that? Yeah. I don't know. I d- I don't know either, and I'm very curious. If you know, let us find us on the internet and let us know. Because I'm really curious whether they really named her after a strain of marijuana. Yeah. Or if uh, that was a chosen name. No judgment either way. No, it's fine. Name your child something that fits. Um, (laughs) I think if it had not been a strain of marijuana, it'd be great for an artificial sweetener. Oh, like um, stevia? Yes. It's the stevia knockoff. Right. Sativa. Right. Oh. Exactly. We do this. <laughs> we make this sweeter. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, George Clinton sounds like he is up past his bedtime. We do this. This is what we do. It would be ludicrous to think. Oh, my God. Um <laughs> First of all, we get, you know, it starts nicely, right? You get a little keyboard build up, and it's uh-huh. blow your horn, Maceo, and, uh-huh. you know, which is something that Prince said throughout this tour. Blow your horn, Maceo, say it. That really should have been my time capsule, by the way, was if you hear Prince say, blow your horn, Maceo, it's probably from... 
2002. Okay, well. But it's not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Fresh from downing a glass of razor blades and gravel, George Clinton <laughs> takes the mic on this one for a guest vocal. I went back and I looked. I mean, George Clinton just recent, recently, quote unquote, within the last couple of years, retired from touring live. Mm-hmm. He was born in July 1941. And per, so I was like, yeah, I needed to look up how old was he when this was done. So he like was like 60. 61, 60, yeah. 61. He wasn't that old, but he sounds shot. <laughs> like He's been through some stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but he's had some great albums that came out oh, yeah. since this. Yeah. One of my favorite is The Awesome Power of a Fully Operational Mothership. It's a great album. It's super cool. <laughs> and he sounds great on that. But yeah. at this after show, I mean... <laughs> Uh, yeah, he just sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. But he doesn't curse. He doesn't curse. He he's, comes close. He's talking shh. It would be absurd to think you never heard of his talking shh. Every word's a turd of it. It would be ludicrous. And every word's a turd of it. <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs> the real lyrics, cover your ears, children, are... No, I'm not going to let it go in there because I'm not putting the E on this. All right, so talking S-H blank T, uh-huh. and every word's a turd of it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not... No. Was, was, it, was there too much gravel and razor blades for you to get through that one? <laughs> this is like George... This is truly like George Clinton, P-Funk, you know, making potty jokes and being you know of the mindset of a 15 year old that is what makes up the lyrics of you know a lot of george's music so yeah he had to sidestep it yeah. i'm sure prince reminded him backstage now george yeah there's no cursing on this stage tonight Talking. he reminded him in the first that's right song yeah there will be no four letter words on this stage tonight yep although if you read stories from george clinton he talks about he was just he would ignore Prince's rules. He would bring Kentucky Fried Chicken into Paisley Park and eat it when there was supposed to be no meat. <laughs> you reach a point, right, in your life and as a rock and roll funk star where uh-huh. you just don't care anymore. You just don't give a shh. And and yes, you don't. And I think maybe like 58 was when George reached that point, about three years before this was recorded. <laughs> Oh my gosh, at 2 minutes and 13 seconds. How y'all doing up in here? How y'all doing in here? How y'all doing up in here? I mean, how y'all doing up in here? (laughs) He's a legend, but he sounds vocally destroyed in the song. That's why I think it was past his bedtime. He needed a bottle of water and some sleep. Yeah, he needed like some honey. <laughs> Just let it soak in. Maybe a course of antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not aware, Prince worked a lot with George Clinton also. He may have also included him here for royalties. He did kind of take care of George Clinton financially, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Signed him to Paisley Park Records. He had one album, the first one called The Cinderella Theory. And a second one, more aptly named, Hey Man, Smell My Finger. (laughs) (laughs) Also a good album. Uh, So, yeah, I think that George is is in on the It Ain't Over theme Mm. because he says that also. That was my question. Is it It Ain't Over? Is this where that came from? 
or did did Prince kind of pick up on that from this and then continued to use it, or did they agree that they were going to do the "It Ain't Over" chance? It ain't over. I think it's a chicken and egg situation. Yeah. It's we a, won't you mean know. a Clinton and egg situation? Oh, I have <laughs> no idea. A Prince Clinton situation. That yep. doesn't make that doesn't no. make as much sense. No, it doesn't. I don't know. I don't know if that's George's thing or if it was something that they agreed on. I'm not sure. No. What I am sure of is that there is a great guitar solo by Prince oh, at three minutes and six seconds. Oh, yes. That is epic and awesome. It is amazing. I wondered, like at three minutes and 46 seconds, there's this on horns, and it sounds almost like Prince's voice. That sounds like an overdub to me, but as the song goes on, it's more clear that it's horn. The horn section is doing this thing. Oh, cool! I kept listening for how. Where are whatever the occasional overdubs are on this? You know, and of course they're mixing. Uh, recordings from different dates, so there's a, there's some retouching going on. That was the first part where I thought, I wonder if that's a little bit of studio overdubs or if the horns were really doing that there. I'm not sure. Interesting. Yep. And then we move on to a medley, Just Friends, parentheses, Sunny, and If You Want Me To Stay. Right, also from the same date. Yes, The World in New York City. Just Friends, Sunny is a cover of the song by Music Soul Child uh, on his album, I Just Want to Sing. And If You Want Me to Stay, it's a cover version of Sly and the Family Stone from their 1973 album, Fresh. Though, I don't know if it really counts as a cover version since Music Soul Child actually sang it. Yeah, I don't think it's a cover because he, a, you can tell as the song starts that he kind of is making his way on stage and people are recognizing who he is and kind of cheering and being excited. Uh-huh. Uh, and he sings the song. Yeah, so. they were very excited. And familiar. I, yeah. With it. it was um, on... That song was on his first album so he was kind of new to the scene um i'm sure thrilled to be on stage with prince very cool yeah um did you look on prince vault to see who the musicians were it does not list john blackwell on drums oh it lists questlove on drums oh yes i did Um, i don't know why i don't know why either Unless John Blackwell took a break, because this is the same show, and John is listed as, as on drums for Join Repetition, and We Do This. Uh-huh. Uh, and then on this one, Questlove kind of sneaks in, it seems. Yeah. Oh, maybe. John need a little break. Yeah. Acceptable. Yeah. And he's also is listed as lead vocals on If You Want Me to Stay. <laughs> Which I heard. Vault. I didn't hear if you want me to stay in this. I like, I did not either. I, <laughs> I listened for. I'm like it must be in the music somewhere because the lyrics are fully just friends. Sunny. I went back. I downloaded Fresh from 1973. Listened to the whole album probably four times straight. 
enjoyed it, going to keep it in rotation. But where any part of If You Want Me To Stay is <laughs> in this medley of songs is far beyond me. I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, because I was thinking, well, maybe it's like a guitar solo part, or then there's not one. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm a little baffled. Again, could be yep. Prince including a song and giving credit so that there are royalties in place for a friend to lend a hand. Right. I'm not sure. Couldn't really tell you. I did like a particular lyric. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's saying that the, uh, this girl, he likes her. And would like to be more than friends. But if she would like to be just friends, he's cool with that because he wants to be close to her. Uh And she calls him up. And it's surprising to him since you didn't want to give me your math. Yes, instead of digits. Yeah, you don't add them together. What a fun way to talk about your phone number. It's your math. I don't under yeah math numbers aren't math. Math is a some kind of like right formula or equation. Numbers dash numbers. It's math. Okay. Number minus number. Yeah. It's math. I had never heard it it called. It is shorter than digits. So. But I thought time saver. I thought it was cute. It's cute. It's just weird. I don't know. I guess he's making up his own. I don't know. Is that a piece of vernacular that just passed over my head in the early 2000s? Give me your math. I don't know. Maybe, but I thought it was a cute way of saying it. Okay. You thought it was weird. I thought it was delightful. That's very cool. I can just (laughs) think of other things it might mean, like an age or height (laughs) or weight. Uh, don't you go asking a girl for her weight? And uh, that's club. why I changed it to math to be covert about it. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. That's why she uh, didn't want to give him her math. That could be. <laughs> uh, I will just say that music soul child sounds like a freaking dream after listening to George Clinton <laughs> shred his vocal cords on the previous track. Well, a music soul child speaks before he sings and his singing voice was a little bit of a surprise after hearing him speak a few words. Oh, really? I thought I just thought it like they it was much smoother. It was just different than I expected well, it. Well, and to he be. goes super high uh-huh. and super low. He's got a very yeah. good range yeah. too. How y'all feel? Y'all feel good? All right now. This might seem strange, but let me know from out of all the force that bad to you. His albums are great, too. You should check them out. He's got a fun way of naming albums and songs just by shoving <laughs> letters and words together. I just want to sing A I J U S W A N A S E I N G, all pushed together. I want to. I just want to sing. Right. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I was like, "How am I ever going to be able to figure out how to say that?" And then I was like, "Let's sound it out and see how I do." I'm yeah. like, "Oh, hey, yeah, <laughs> that's really clever." <laughs> it is very clever, and most of his songs and albums are in that vein. Yeah, I like like there's at three minutes and seventeen seconds. There's a Prince guitar solo that's quite good, and Music Soul Child starts vocalizing over it in a falsetto singing voice, and mm-hmm. it sounds great. Mm-hmm. 
I wasn't quite so wild about the previous guitar solo, like around two minutes and 28 seconds when Prince is playing. Music Soul Soul Child takes the role of crowd hyping, and he says, Everybody in the house tonight, make some noise. Everybody in the house tonight, yo, make some noise. It just seems very, eh, get out of the way. Let me hear my Prince guitar (laughs) solo, or sing. Just my personal reaction. Okay, well, that's fine. Yeah, he does some scatting in his falsetto too, which is super yes. cool. I yeah, it's great. He does. He's very, very good. Very good. Maybe, like I said, maybe amplified good by the opening act before him, guest act. <laughs> <laughs> when you do a little comparison, yes, it's uh, easy to look good. <laughs> right. The bar Poor is set George. low. I like I said, George does. He's done plenty of great stuff since 2002, but yeah. this is not one of those things. There's a cool kind of distorted keyboard guitar solo thing happening at three minutes and 56 seconds as the song breaks down and builds to an end. <laughs> Very coy fashion, Music Soul Child, Soul Child leaves the stage by saying, thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> Peace and love, y'all. <laughs> and he's out. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Peace and love, y'all. In and out. In and out. And then we cross the country. We do. And fast forward 10 days. Mm-hmm. The Highlands Hollywood in Hollywood, California, April 20th, 2002. It's part of the Kodak Theater. We have two nigs united for West Compton. If you say so. (laughs) Well, Prince said so, like right in the middle. So I guess we have to take his word for it. It's his music, so he can call it what he wants. (laughs) I love how he counts off the beginning of the song. We don't get a one. We don't get a four. We just get a two and a three. Two, three. Get on now. I love it. Full band with horns and this high-pitched synth solo happening at like 53 seconds. And this is kind of the beginning of Prince's stepping out of his own body and deciding that it's too funky and he can't (laughs) deal with it. Like in a minute and 12 seconds. Uh I want to sing, but it's too funky. I want to sing, but it's too funky. I'm like, well... It's okay, because Two Nicks United for West Compton doesn't really have lyrics anyway. It does so not, except... This isn't really that song. song That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no lyrics really to sing. There aren't. We do get a horn line that's actually from the studio version, like from a minute and 30 seconds to a minute and 45 seconds, and also two minutes to two minutes and 14 seconds. The horns play a line that you can hear in Two Nicks United for West Compton... The studio version. Outside of that, it's kind of like if you say if you say so, Prince. I, okay, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when does he call it out? Two minutes and twenty-two seconds. Mm-hmm. It's a good About thing that. he calls a name out because otherwise I wouldn't. I don't think I would have recognized it. Otherwise, they would have called it instrumental jam. Yes, extended. X T right. E N D. Exactly. The call and response of the ow ow. 
uh-huh. it's really fun. Ooh, ooh. Yes, yes, for sure. The duck noises are kind of funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's weird. It was kind of like, it's an after show. You kind of have to expect and hope for the there's weird. A lot of, yeah, there's a lot of weird and distorted sounds going on here it's that just, were, we talked about in a previous episode covering this live show uh, set that like at three minutes, there's a bass line and a distorted keyboard part that kicks on in after, after it, like at three minutes and 14 seconds. That's definitely a hallmark of primarily Renato's contribution to the sound of this band. It's fun and cool, and Mm -hmm. it's like, it's sort of like an updated, Dr. Fink kind of did the same thing. Yeah. In, in, at times mm-hmm. and Renato brings a different you know yeah different flavor to it mm-hmm. it's kind of you know the experimental jazz yes. sort of You're right we're just gonna jam and see where it goes and I'm gonna happen to yell out to Niggs United for West Compton in the middle and that's what we're gonna name it right yeah. exactly I think the reason you pay attention to Prince's after shows is just made clear at four minutes and 20 seconds with one of his guitar solos. You'd have magical moments like that in the middle of songs where you wouldn't expect it, where he just takes over, plays a bit and is done. And the unexpectedness of it and the spontaneousness of it is what makes it really super fun. Yeah, it's such an interesting mix of really tight and well-rehearsed, but with enough room to play. It's so much fun. Yeah, it is. And I mean, they don't make mistakes, but there's room to do that. If someone goes in one direction, then other people can follow or catch up, you know, and he does plenty of call outs to the band and keeps them on their toes, that kind of thing. Did you notice at the end of this where Prince says, on the one at four minutes and 50 seconds, and there's like a guitar breakdown and the crowd is chanting behind it? Okay. And they're chanting, saying nothing. Prince plays a guitar oh. and the crowd says, and saying nothing. And Prince plays a guitar and the crowd sings, saying nothing. I'm like, why are they singing? Why are they chanting, talking loud and saying nothing? Because at this show uh, at the Highlands Hollywood on April 20th, 2002, the preceding song to this one in this particular show was Talking Loud and Saying Nothing. They had played it and it kind of run into this. And I had never caught on to the crowd chanting the name of a different song because (laughs) this is probably a portion of something that was played that night that's cool so it's very very cool to listen and hear the crowd chanting i mean the talking about pulling back the curtain uh-huh. on some editing that was probably done yeah we're not hearing what this crowd had heard previously that's to be pretty cool chanting that still which is pretty that's neat really cool yeah and then we continue at highland the highlands hollywood on april 20th 
2002 with Alphabet Street. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we do at least get the first couple verses of the song with a bluesy, I guess, country-ish feel and keyboard rides. Um, we get a trombone solo by Greg Boyer at a minute. Good God. Good, yeah, good Lord is what I heard. Good oh. Lord. Oh, okay. Where he says... Greg Boyer on the trombone. Good Lord. Oh, I thought he said good God. I, oh, that's how go I back wrote and it listen. down. I'll, I'll put it here, and then we'll know for sure. Okay, I'm not sure I wrote down good Lord, because I was, I was listening for good gods. Uh-huh. <laughs> good God, I was listening for good gods during this thing. Um, I kept finding other things, like good Lord. Oh. And another one later. I, in the song, too. I cannot speak definitively, but... Definitiveness will follow. All right. We'll we'll find out who's who and what's what in post, as the pros say. Greg Boyer on a trombone. This is obviously very different from the album version of Alphabet Street, even though you know, Alphabet Street, even though it does have kind of a bluesy tone to it on mm-hmm. the album version. But with the first two verses being sung, it is very recognizable as this song, just a fun rearrangement. Yeah, I've had uh, the white rad ride uh-huh. bit stuck in my head for days. Oh, yeah? Like, which one is that? Oh, it's Alphabet Street. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Thunderbird. I'm gonna drive my dad's Thunderbird. I'm fine, yeah, Speaking of looking for good gods, I thought I found one at a minute and 41 seconds where everything breaks down and you just have Prince and his rhythm guitar that's very much Alphabet Street. And he says, clap your hands, somebody, somebody clap your hands, clap your hands, somebody, somebody kick drum. Uh And the kick drum part sounded to me like, oh, that's kind of like good God, but Uh not really. Yeah, uh but I love it when he calls out a specific instrument like that. Yes, just to be isolated and Uh play. It's a lot of fun. It was really, really fun. I think it probably thrilled and was terrifying for band members at the same time. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure. Somebody, somebody, clap your hands. Clap your hands, somebody, somebody, kick drum. And then... One of your favorite quotes. Oh, say it. I can't say it. You have to say it. I have you to say do it? it? Oh, I was going to let you do it. Well, at two minutes and 12 seconds, one of my favorite Prince concert lines. Now I like country music, too. <laughs> <laughs> I like country music, too. And I don't really think it's, it's not modern country music, anyway. It's him, like, it's hoedown music, which is different than country music. <laughs> It's got a little bit of a twang to it. Yeah, but it's like super. <laughs> you expect some square, square dancing? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I want to see some fists in between some knees and some boots and. <laughs> and crinoline skirts. And yes, and people. Uh, trading partners? Yes, with their. Oh, with their well. <laughs> dance partners with interlocked <laughs> elbows. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Oh, it's a great two minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, An unexpected little, you know, a hit, you might say, Uh played in an after show. Yeah, there was there was a spot like two minutes and 37 seconds where the first few times I listened to it, I thought he said Vegas. And I'm like, he does say Vegas. I think he says, take it. 
Vegas. That's like his word for this vamp at the end. And he says oh. that in many other concerts too, okay. where he'll say like Vegas N E and it's this, doo, 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 oh, you know, like this okay. ray the band rises up. So actually I think you were right. Oh, okay. Cause I was like, is he calling out the wrong oh, city? I went, city? I went down this whole rabbit hole of when did he perform? When was the closest date he performed in Las Vegas? Did he screw it up? Did somebody get the date wrong? Wow. Uh, this whole thing. He did perform Alphabet Street in Las Vegas at a one-off performance on December 15th, 2002. But that was after this was released. That was actually, yeah, when he was at the Aladdin. It, it was. Yeah. It was the same show. But yep. that... but. That rendition of Alphabet Street didn't make it on yeah the live the live version, but he sung it there. Okay, and no, before I that, think... Prince hadn't performed in Las Vegas since December tenth of two thousand mm-hmm. at the MGM Grand. It was a holiday so, tradition for Prince. Yeah, December Hawaii and <laughs> yeah and Vegas and Vegas. I don't think a that you need to worry about Prince's sanity that he didn't no. know where he was or that he was calling out the wrong thing. That was just part of his band uh, call out for okay. many many years. Okay, well that's good. And well, and then I was listening to it later, and I'm like, maybe he says, "Take it," <laughs> like, "Go ahead, band, take no. it." Well, that is what he means, but I do think. <laughs> But he said Vegas. Okay. Okay. We're time traveling again into the future. Yes, we are. And another month, first of May, Mm -hmm. 2002. Roseland Theater in Portland, Oregon. Right. And they just jam for a while. Prince Mm -hmm. Prince is super into the idea of don't look at him. There's nothing to look at here. Just party where you are. Right. Leave him right there. Ain't nothing to look at. Ain't nothing to look at. Y'all just party where you are. Uh, party where you are. We gonna keep this He clearly has not paid good money to go to an after show in a very long time because <laughs> I don't care what you say. You're Prince. You're on stage. I'm gonna. I'll be happy to you know dance or hands in the air. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You tell me how you want to dance and I'll do it. But my eyes are on you, dude. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I have paid. An exorbitant cover fee. And waited. And waited for three and a half hours for you to take the stage. Right. I'm good and well plastered because there was nothing to do until you got here except drink. Right. And eat cheap peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we get a little guitar intro and then the band joins in and there's more of those murky galactic Renato Neto keyboards that kick this thing in. And definitely one thing that's not on the studio version of Peach is... Horns, but they work here really nicely. I like them. Mm-hmm. No, yes. Also, when he calls for the house lights to be on, you can tell that they do it the wrong way. Because he says, not on them, not on me, on them. Like they turn the <laughs> yes. lights on him. He wants to watch. This is like Prince saying, I want to just jam for a long time here. It's 11 minutes and 18 seconds. Not the 20 minutes that he promises, but. That's true. He does say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. But it's still plenty long. It is, yes. No complaints about the length of this track, at least in terms of it being long enough. Right. We get more of the It Ain't Over call and response. It ain't over. It 
George Clinton is not there as far as I know. He got one chance and he's out. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, Prince kind of goes back on his word a little bit at three minutes and nine seconds where he invites some. He tells people, ain't nothing to look at. Ain't nothing to look at. Just party where you are. (laughs) That's it. Like two minutes. And then a minute later... Come up on this stage, girl. You know you got to dance. Uh-huh. He, he's like he's watching them and is calling someone up on stage, which people are obviously going to be watching. So it's just it's again kind of a, the epitome of an after show where Prince is jamming and directing the band to his pleasure. Doesn't really want to put on a visual show, just a dance party. You know, yeah. he wants to be the DJ, the live DJ, while everyone just has a good time until he sees someone he wants to bring up on stage. Mm-hmm. Come up on this stage, girl. You know you got to dance. Two. Three, come on. And we get proof of venue and city at three minutes and 27 seconds where he says, Portland, you're too sexy tonight. (laughs) Portland, you're too sexy tonight. And then we finally get something that's recognizable as Peach. Yes. Like four and a half minutes in. Right. She's a peach. He said he calls for the band to turn around at like 520 and they start playing the music from it. He's given us a little bit of lyrics. Then he has the band play it. Turn around. And then it's gone again. Right. It like so comes up. It's like a those... whale. It comes up out of the water. You get a glimpse of it. Hello. <laughs> and then it's gone. <laughs> On some Alaskan I had, I had, cruise. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it as terms of whale watching, but that's an yeah. apt. Uh, that is where my mind went. <laughs> <laughs> that's very apt because you're on this boat for a long time. It's a long time. Looking yeah. out and, oh, it surfaces and everybody oozes and ahs and then it's gone. Yep. You got and your, then hopefully you, wait you got a while your picture, again. and maybe it'll come back again if you're lucky. <laughs> I also wanted to point out just before our little peach lyric glimpse here at four minutes and ten seconds to listen closely to the stuff going on on the organ in the right channel of okay. your headphones. It's very Stevie Wonderish, Ooh, cool. so it's worth checking out. <laughs> I heard a little bit of the max in the background at like eight minutes and 25 seconds. Oh. Hands in the air. Hands in the air. Hands in the air. Hands in the air. Just a little bit because I kind of found myself like humming sexy back to that. Okay. Which is very like the max. Mm hmm. You do get the bass like doom, doom, doom. Uh-huh. Yes. And that's it. And that's what made you Yes, think that's of it. what made me think. Oh, oh, this got a little bit of the elements of the max a little bit. In and there. now I know what sounds to make around the kitchen if I want you to sing the max. <laughs> I just walk around the kitchen going dun 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 dun. You're going to get probably Justin Timberlake first cuz <laughs> <laughs> not because I like Justin Timberlake better, but when it's I hear that that's a <laughs> I guess um, 
That's why we're two different people, Christy. <laughs> uh, did you hear GW make another appearance at 8 minutes and 16 seconds? Ah. GW, turn the lights back up. GW, turn the lights back up. So our GW mystery continues here. Mm-hmm. He yeah. gets a shout out on every single disc. Every disc of this three-disc set, no matter what you want to say in packaging. This is a three-disc set. <laughs> yeah, we get more chance. What do I hear? Sounded good to my ear, which sounds very spontaneous, although probably practiced a little bit. What do I hear? Sounded good to my ear. Well, or just pulling from experience. I mean, maybe not even practice so much, just so much performing. He's got a whole litany of yeah. phrases that he can pull out and talk about. True. Even if it's not rehearsed, it's rehearsed in live performance. Or, yeah, it's just yeah. what he's used to. Right. All right. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Are you ever afraid to talk about something? Do you avoid certain topics, maybe with certain people? Like your racist Uncle Frank. Sorry, Frank. It's true. Do you want to learn how to have better conversations, increase compassion, and build bridges, not walls? We Don't Talk About That with Lucas Land is the podcast where we do talk about that with me, Lucas Land. Get it wherever fine podcasts can be found. Thanks for sticking with us through that quick break. While we were on a break, Josh realized he made a little mistake. Oh, geez. But he realized it right away in real time. That's true. So I mentioned George Clinton has done many good things since his less than great appearance on this (laughs) album. I thought it was the awesome power of a fully operational mothership. That actually came out in 1996, well before this. Um, It's still a great album. It's still fun. What I was thinking of was How Late Do You Have to Be Before You Are Absent, which included Prince's input on the song Paradigm. Um, So check that out if you have not. So I, from the bottom of my heart, I sincerely apologize. (laughs) Well, you can make it up to us by talking to us about Dorothy Parker from April 21st, 2002, The House of Blues on the Sunset Strip in West Hollywood, California. Yeah, so it's no longer the ballad of Dorothy Parker. It's just... We've shortened it to Dorothy Parker. Again, Prince's Call, but I do not know why he would change the name of the song for the after show. It's I don't very know. possible that he just said, Oh yeah, that one's Dorothy Parker. Or then I want Dorothy Parker. Yeah. And somebody okay, Dorothy Parker, and then they typed it in, Dorothy Parker. And it just stayed that way. And it just stayed that way. Yeah. So I went back looking. We have not covered Sign of the Times yet. No. The studio album. Um, but I know that you've heard the song plenty. There was an American writer and poet named Dorothy Parker, born in 1893, who Prince says he was unaware of. It's a coincidence. That's mm. not who he was singing about. And the song also references another one of Prince's favorites, though, Joni Mitchell's Help Me, I Think I'm Falling in Love Again. Yes. From her 1974 album, Court and Spark, yeah, which was also a single. Yeah, I thought it was a really sweet reference. A sweet way to reference Joni Mitchell. Yes. Yeah. For sure. 
I thought it was interesting that the song starts out with Prince calling Rhonda to come on out here. Like, where, who's playing bass? Come on out here, Rhonda. So I went looking, and Prince Vault shows Larry Graham was a special guest at this show. Rhonda may have left the stage for him at some mm, point, mm-hmm. and now she's coming back. That's yeah. my best guess. Probably. He must be hungry tonight because he ordered a fruit cocktail and, and a, a pizza. pizza. That's right. I ordered. Yeah, let me get a fruit cocktail and a pizza. We do get lyrics like that from the studio version. Um, you know, though no live version of the song will ever sound exactly like it as a studio recording because the studio recording was marred by power loss and resulted in a very flat sound that Susan Rogers was kind of afraid to have Prince stop. <laughs> she was terrified. She knew there was something wrong but was, um, you know, scared to stop. And in the end, Prince liked it and left it as it was. You'll never hear it that way, you know, the same way. Right. Plus the use of a drum machine, you know, makes it unique as a studio track and presents probably a fun challenge to play live because you can't just really can't make it sound the same. Right. It's got to be an interpretation of it because there's, it's difficult to replicate, impossible to replicate in a live setting, difficult to replicate in a recorded setting. Yes, yeah. totally. There's a nice little synth and piano breakdown at three minutes and nine seconds where I wondered if the fluttering between the left and right channels bothered you at all. Uh-oh, she's shaking her head yes. No, oh, yes, the vibrato is a challenge for me. Gotcha. Only because it makes me dizzy, but, you know, that's... I've come to just accept it that that's a particular sort of effect that Prince enjoyed utilizing in stereo yep. recordings. And I just need to know that it's coming when I'm in headphones. <laughs> okay. If I'm in a car or if it's on a stereo system, it's fine. But if I've got it in my headphones, mm. I might fall over. So I need to be careful. <laughs> Thankfully, there's not an album called The Headphone Experience that is all full of vibrato. (laughs) There's a piano solo. That um, is very similar to the song 4 from Madhouse 8. Prince would mix in Madhouse songs with The Ballad of Dorothy Parker quite often. Um, but this was a little bit of a unique one that I kind of noticed when I was listening to this, uh, cool. this go round. Very cool. Yep. The bongo drums are kind of fun. I kind of assume that's Sheila E. She was a special guest at yes. this particular. I think you're right. After show. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. And then we have Girls and Boys. We go back to the Highlands Hollywood right. the night before April 20th. So the Dorothy Parker was the 21st. Right. And now we're back to where we had... 24 hours back in time. Uh-huh, where we had Alphabet Street and Two Nigs United for West Compton. Now we have Girls and Boys. It's so funny how well the 
audience knows this. All he has to say is, I love, and then the audience just launches right into the chorus for him. You're exactly right. It's I had delightful. the very same note, that just the first two or three words, and it was very clear. I love you, baby. At least lyrically, the song starts off that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's another long instrumental jam. Sure, it's girls and boys, if you say so, in, <laughs> unless you've heard the song that Prince recorded with the revolution on the album Parade called Girls and Boys. This is different altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for the very beginning. Yeah, and a little part of a sax part that is from the song too but um mm-hmm. yeah this is lots more distorted keyboards and a horn line that prince makes up it seems like at the beginning where he says i can see hearing horns with this uh-huh. and then the horns kind of follow his lead i can see hearing horns help me that's fun which is very fun this is a uh, lullaby Oh. Let's keep that going until you fall asleep. Let's keep that going until you fall asleep. Do it. Uh. Like this is one funky <laughs> lullaby. You're right. Till you fall asleep. Do it. <laughs> uh, again, Prince does not want to be seen. He only wants to be heard at a minute and thirteen seconds. Ain't nothing to look at. All y'all dance. He just wants to. Play some music and have people enjoy it and not be looked at. Yeah. Ain't nothing to look at. All y'all dance. It's all about the little things with Prince. Yeah. What would you like? I don't want you to not look at me. Turn around. (laughs) Turn around. (laughs) That's what I'd like. (laughs) At a minute and 19 seconds, we have one of the few off-the-mic moments on this collection of songs that we talked a lot about during the proper concert mm-hmm. uh, where we get a whoo in his falsetto off yeah. the mic he's enjoying it <laughs> Prince definitely approves of this groove at 2 minutes and 45 seconds where he tells the band don't nobody move hold it right there don't nobody move hold it right Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting kind of mix of learned and innate funkiness. Yeah? Yeah, it was kind of a little James Brownie, so it's mm-hmm. a learned thing, but uh-huh. you can only really pull it off if you have some innate ability there. Uh-huh. So it's kind of an interesting mix, and I can appreciate that, you know, he's got this innately because I don't. And uh, I'm so glad that there have been people in this world who do. Right. He yeah. was certainly one of them. Yes. I think at three minutes and 25 seconds, we get proof that you better be awake when you're playing with Prince. Because he called <laughs> I me. Mean, he gives no notice. Candy, solo. <laughs> and she's she's ready. Yep. Candy, solo. solo and at three minutes and 45 seconds we get the little piece of girls and boys from candy on the sax that's from the studio version it's only just the little first part of it Mm -hmm. but we get it anyway (laughs) 
lots of it ain't over chants going on the entire time. Four minutes and 34 seconds, we get a guitar and a chant breakdown, followed yeah. by another guitar solo with some more girls and boys horns over it. Do you from think the that one uh, is that first one is Larry Graham? Which first one? The first oh, guitar, guitar solo you breakdown? Because he just shouted out Larry Graham. Maybe the little guitar part was, yeah, where he says Larry and Sheila, uh-huh. something like that. What? It sounded quite clear. What did you say, Larry? That I hear. But then it's followed by a guitar solo by okay. Prince is what I'm oh, saying. Yes. Yeah. John Blackwell finally gets his shout out. He does, but it's to be a judge on... (laughs) To judge Sheila, yes. On RuPaul's show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how do you rate Sheila's fashion? Uh Mr. Blackwell, how do you rate Sheila's fashion? And, yeah, this is just another song where there's hardly any of the song that it's titled after but it's not the one with the least amount because because he calls out for the everlasting now yes everlasting now. which they then play the music from it but really all they sing is it ain't over as a chant they play some of the music from the everlasting now but he does never say the everlasting now in the everlasting now track. Just to call it out, right? No, that was no. at the end of yeah, yeah, that's Girls I mean, and Boys. Just to, yes. So in the track, if you went and just listened to the track that's everlasting now, vamp, you won't hear the words the everlasting now. You will not. But if you listen to the end of the everlasting now from the live show, the concert proper, it's almost identical to right. how oh, that yes. song is. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, it's like the music is there to help you. It's like the opposite problem that we had (laughs) for during our first portion of whale watching. (laughs) (laughs) Now we have music that's identical. um, And yes, like the vamp to me is, you know, the end of the song or, you know, the exciting part of the track. Right. We just get more call outs for solos by Candy Dolfer at 36 seconds. Mm -hmm. Come on, Candy, hit me one time. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of fun. And they sing over and over, it ain't over. And the last song, they're saying it ain't over. So I was thinking about that, and I think it's maybe kind of a commentary about how Prince himself wasn't over. He may not be at the height of his career as far as popularity like he was when he was in the 80s and you know had stadiums of people even in the 90s he had stadiums of people i think it's more of a he's choosing smaller venues he could have gone and played his hits to huge stadiums but he wanted to do something different right he's kind of saying his music is still just wickedly funky and it ain't over 
he ain't over. Uh, I would believe you 100% that it yeah. could have a double meaning, and that's why he liked it. Yes. That, you know, this is and that's another why, phase, and I'm going to move on. Right, and that's why that was such a part of this final song, mm-hmm. It Ain't Over. You know, you would think that there would be more to the album when you say that, but no, it's there's more to Prince. There's right. more to his career. There's more to his gift that he's sharing with the world. Yeah. I mean, he was, what, two years away from being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That hadn't even happened yet. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. All right. And that is the end of the music that we're going to cover. We've reached the end of this album, the end of the music that we're going to cover for this episode. But it ain't over. It ain't over because we have some selections to make. Yeah, we do. So we choose three things, a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released, Yep. the C, the S-E-A, the low point, the thing that we like the least, it might not be bad, could be very bad, but it's the thing that we didn't like. And then the mountain, the thing that we enjoyed the most about the material we have covered that episode. These are my rules. So I go first. The time capsule. Um, For me, it was kind of that there was uh, that there was nothing to look at during an after show. He said that several times. Don't look up here. Yes. There's nothing to see. Ain't nothing to look at. (laughs) Ain't nothing to look at. All y'all dance. He does it in Peach and Girls and Boys. He just wants them to enjoy the music. And to me, that was very time Mm capsule-y and indicative of how he felt about after shows. Yeah. And sort of the, like you said, the period of time where this was recorded after sort of the commercial disappointment of Rave into the Joy Fantastic. It Mm -hmm. was not this Clive Davis inspired comeback that everyone hoped it would be. And he kind of went into a little bit of reclusion Mm -hmm. from 2000 through 2003, you know, to kind of take a break from the spotlight and reinvent himself leading up to musicology. Um, So, yeah, I would agree with that totally. Okay. For me, the time capsule was the inclusion of music soul child who had yet to even release his second album. Just listen which was uh, going to be released on May 7th, 2002. So he was a one-album artist. Mm. And okay. I thought it was surprising to see him appear on this. At the time, I had, I had no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. It did inspire me to look him up and kind of follow him a little bit. Um, but that's what I always think of as, you know, something encapsulating the time of this was including a new artist, like a relatively new artist, like Music Soul Child. Cool. All right, the C. Well, it's got to be the We Do This by George Clinton. And also the fact that I can't find I Do Do This anywhere to be able to compare. Yeah. And I spent way too much time looking for it. I mean, more than an hour. Oh, well, because I just really like once I'd spent like 35, 40 minutes on it, I'm like, I got to be close. Uh, no, I was no closer. You were nowhere near close. No. Well, I did not spend an hour looking for it, but I had the same C. It was just George Clinton's voice. <laughs> the um, razor blades. It is, yes. It makes me think of 
The lyrics from the future. I would rather drink six razor blades from a paper cup. I would rather drink six razor blades. Razor blades from a paper cup. It sounds like he has done it. It is just <laughs> it's painful. Yes. It is painful. That's fair. Uh, love the music and Prince's guitar work doing it is, during it is great. And I have and love a whole lot of George Clinton albums, but um, his appearance on this track is a travesty. <laughs> it leaves you uh, wanting for something better, not it, something more. It makes me think of how he would sound now, oh. pushing 80. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Than then, where he was just 61 or so. <laughs> All right, and then The Mountain. Yeah. For me, it was Joy and Repetition. He really recognizes that they've been waiting. Right. It's a recognizable song, which really makes it fun for the audience. But it's not too predictable. Oh, true. And the way he shouts out the band members is really fun. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it. You liked it? Yeah. How about you? Well, I liked it too. I can't argue. However, I don't know how I can't pick that moment in Alphabet Street that I've mentioned probably 17 times <laughs> on the show. I like country music too. I like country music too. It's just fun. It seems spontaneous. It's true because it's like, well, he's kind of, he's getting down. That old boy's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it it also is a nod towards the blues aspect of a lot of his music, and there's a lot of that throughout this entire thing, but none more evident and more ho downy than that moment on Alphabet Street. Ho oh, downy. <laughs> That's like a James Brownie. You said that earlier. <laughs> we got a James Brownie ho downy. Oh, ho downy sounds like something you put in your laundry to make your <laughs> your sheet soft. <laughs> James Brownie sounds like a dessert. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so now we have clean clothes and a delightful after-dinner meal with James Brownie. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's I can't argue with that. It sounds like a perfect weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so while those are your rules for the time capsule, the sea, and the mountain, my responsibility and duty to the show that's right we do do this speaking of duty <laughs> uh is to announce what we're covering next time and every word is a turd of it <laughs> next time we're covering live at the aladdin it's a dvd that'll be reissued by the time you hear this with the up all night with prince set that the estate is re-releasing with sony it's a concert Uh, That was filmed on December 15th, 2002 at, surprise, the Aladdin in Las Vegas. Vegas! So we'll take a look at it. Join us then. Excellent. Sounds great. Thank you so much for listening. We know that you make a choice when you listen to us. So we don't just come on the radio and we so appreciate it. Do find us on the social media. We have lots of fun stuff there for you and As always, I try and post as many of these tracks as I can for you to listen to and fun facts and stupid things that we talk about and tell a friend because it's way more fun when you can listen with a friend. And until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks again.